With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free road house protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. On this gorgeous Monday midday on the left coast, the best coast. You're on the east coast. That's right, we got some love for you. Football season's officially here. This is a game week, kids. Week zero, as they're calling it, in college football. We got Monday Night Football tonight. New Monday Night Football crew, part two. We can discuss that. 877-99 on Fox. Phone number, Twitter handle, at Gottlieb Show. Dave Revson's going to join us. He's the lead, uh, lead host for the Big Ten Network. Since its infancy, he's been to every camp in the Big Ten. 
every team in the Big Ten he will see in person. And so even though I usually don't have, I'm usually not a host guy, right? Because hosts aren't paid to give their analysis. I just want his general sense of things. And then I want to get to what he thinks of this uh, this secret coaches poll that has James Franklin as the most overrated coach in college football. That one seems odd. And then uh, I also want to get his take on Maryland and Ohio State. What happens there? All obviously in the Big Ten East. Speaking of James Franklin, he'll join us later on the show. So will John Middlecoff from the Three and Out podcast, which you can pick up on uh, the Herd Podcast Network. So we got a ton of things to get to. You heard from Isaac Lowenkron, Adrian Peterson is now a Washington Redskin. For a guy who wanted to be a Cowboy his whole life to be a Redskin, we got some Jets stuff to talk about, some Bills stuff to talk about, some Browns stuff to talk about, some Cowboys stuff to talk about. We got a lot to get to. Let's get to the story which continues on here in the preseason. And I'm very cautious to not talk about stories that are too inside the Beltway. Now, if you don't understand the reference inside the Beltway, um, Washington, D.C., inside the Beltway, that's where politics are, right? And so you don't talk like in po- inside politics with uh, the average listener, if you will. You know, you just don't because I'm talking about even, even political listener or if you're, you're political opinionist because there are things about how things are done in Washington which it becomes mundane. Inside the Beltway, that's the reference. You know, like I won't, I wouldn't talk about how certain recruits get to certain teams and all the different working uh, pieces that are in place in order to land a player. You just talk about the players and who got guys and who didn't. So I'm very cautious with the NFL to not talk about kind of inside the beltway stuff. But I, I, I do think that the helmet rule is not necessarily as much inside the beltway as it, feel, as it feels now. Um, because right now it really only affects the players and the fans don't really care. But I do think that at some point you are going to care because it's going to be called at an inopportune moment very early in the season. Richard Sherman said, tweet, there's no quote, make adjustment to the way you tackle. Even in a perfect form tackle, the body is led by the head. The rule is idiotic. And should be dismissed immediately. When you watch rugby, rugby players tackle, they still lead with their head. Will be flag football soon. Now, I think Richard Sherman's a smart guy, but I think this is this is what NFL players do. This is what they do, and frankly, it's what politicians do as well, where they take a portion of the truth. They take a portion of the truth and. Uh, they, they make it seem as though it's the entirety of the truth, right? The idea of leading with the helmet, sure, the head naturally leads the body, but no one, and I mean, no one thinks that, that you're not, you're going to somehow lead with a different part of your body. They're just not. The whole idea of it is to get to you to see what you hit, right? That's the whole idea of it. And when they say lead with your helmet, they mean the top of your the top of your hat or your bonnet, as I used to call it when I played football. I didn't say I played back when they had bonnets. I'm just saying uh, leading with the crown of your helmet has never been allowed. So 
Look, I understand that right now you probably look at it the way I do. These are football players worrying about football plays. It doesn't affect me. Just tell me how it affects my fantasy team or how it affects my real team. On the other hand, it probably will affect your fantasy team and your real team in terms of touchdowns, yards gained, etc. First thing I can tell you is everybody in football thinks scoring is going to be up. It's an offensive league. They've already taken away how long you can grab and hold and, and bump and be physical with a wide receiver. You can't really touch a quarterback unless he absolutely has the football. And even then, you got to be cautious of hitting him from the neck up. And all of these are in the mind of safety, but also in the mind of offensive football. But here's my thing to Richard Sherman. What you're saying is that we are not capable of evolving as a people. That this is the way it's done, and that's the only way it can be done. Which I find to be ironic, don't you? Especially when somebody as bright as a Richard Sherman, who is forward thinking, who wants to change ways we look at salaries, we look at free agency, we look at offense, we look at defense from a schematic perspective, we look at athletes. Players want to evolve all the time. They just don't want the rules to evolve. You know what this is like? This is like flip phone guy to a smartphone with the touchscreen guy. Or this is, if you're an Apple guy, you're an Apple 6 or 8 guy, like the Apple 10. Wait, there's no home button? What am I ever going to do? This is the dumbest thing ever. Facial recognition technology has to have a flaw, and it probably does, but you can still enter the code. You take away one thing that people think is normal, that they've grown accustomed to, and it rattles them a little bit. It's happened with rules, seatbelt law, helmet law, cell phone law, etc. Heck, it happened. People forget that Mothers Against Drunk Driving were the ones that finally made us as a country serious about people driving drunk. It just did. This did. And and because because when drunk driving laws went into effect, people at the time there was outrage. Like, what do you mean I can't go out and have a couple pops? How will I ever get home? How will I ever get home? Hey, listen, when 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 you went from taxis to Uber, I don't want some random stranger picking me up. Press a button and they can locate me. That means the man can locate me. Anything that changes, even for the better is usually met with hesitation. And so Richard Sherman, who has a brain worth protecting, is only using part of it. And in his effort to defend the way it's always been done, it's always it's interesting to me that a younger generation that thinks, as I think, if you lead with, well, this is the way we've always done it, so that must be the way to always do it, Right? You ever heard that before? And when you hear it, if you're a smart person, you're like, wait a second, hold on. There's always new ways to do things. There really is. New ways to do things. When you hear it, you start to roll your eyes. That's all football players are telling us. Listen, there's no way to take the helmet out of football. My name is Richard Sherman. I'm really smart, and I want people to believe that I'm really smart, and I'm evolved, and I continue to challenge myself to think and try new things, with the exception of how I apply my craft in football. 
Saying that the NFL is trying to take the helmet out of the game, it means the helmet, not the face mask. It means the top or the crown of the helmet. Not the actual head in many ways. Yeah, there's going to be concussions. Yeah, there's going to be nasty hits. Yeah, there's going to be blown calls. And oh yeah, by the way, I mean, the likelihood is like any sort of officiating, it's more stringent early. And then of course, late, it's just let them play. Sure, it could affect a championship game. It could affect, uh, uh, you know, 15 yards here, 15 yards there. But if Richard Sherman wasn't paying attention, one of the most respected middle linebackers in the game, playing for a franchise that poops out linebackers the way that Nick Saban says we can't poop out players. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Ryan Chazier was motionless on a football field not 12 months ago. We all saw it. The NFL saw it and said, this would be really bad. Listen, I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this you probably have you just don't utter it out of your mouth and the difference between you and me is i say what i think we are running a course to which at some point there's going to be a dead body on a football field if we don't change things athletes are bigger stronger faster more athletic and the technology has not nor can it really keep up with the sport just can't there's always going to be collisions there's always going to be moments to which you can't, you, you got to wonder what somebody's intent to do harm, to break up a pass or simply to do their job. But imagine if Ryan Shazier would have died. He's already lost his football career. Would that have been enough for you to change your perspective? And then from a playing perspective, you didn't watch the Saints. They had a rookie cornerback who had a chance to simply make a, towel, a, a tackle on Stefan Diggs. And he whiffed. Why? Because he led with the crown of his helmet. Instead of having his arms out, his head, his head up in a perfect stance to see what he was hitting and wrapping up Stefan Diggs. And look, wrapping up is hard. Everybody knows it's hard. The thing about the helmet is it's a lot like steroids. It works and no one's disputing it. You hit a guy in the legs with your helmet when he's running you run on his feet, you dip your head, you hit him in the legs with the helmet, he's going down. Whereas if you see what you hit and you're in proper position, one, you're not going to be as athletic in terms of darting towards the ball. And two, there's a chance guy runs through your body, through your arms and kicks you and keeps marching down the end zone. That's okay. We'll give up a touchdown if it saves us your brain or your spine. I don't know if Richard Sherman saw this. He's a native of California, of Compton, in fact. There's 10,000 less high school football players signed up this year in the state of California than there were just last year. 10,000. So the idea that we're going to do this the way we've always done it because that's the only way to do it is some old school myopic weird thinking, especially for a guy as smart, and future thinking, forward thinking, as Richard Sherman. And it shows you just how poor his argument actually is. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Will Ohio State suspend Urban Meyer this season? Game? Games? Will they fire him? We'll get the latest on the controversy at Ohio State and at Maryland. And oh yeah, by the way, why are people hating on James Franklin 
as coach of Penn State. We'll ask Dave Revson from the Big Ten Network upcoming next. But first, you know, using True Car, you can easily find the car you want. With True Price from True Car, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership. The True Price includes things like dealer fees, excessive fee, uh, accessories. So True Car is going to show you what other people in the area pay for the exact same car you want. You know what a fair price is. You're going to feel confident. The certified dealer knows this, so they set their true price competitively, and they can win your business. Not sure if you're aware, but uh, over 3 million cars have been sold to true car users using the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And there are over 15,000 true car certified dealers nationwide. True car users can save, on average, 3000 off MSRP. Do you want to know what other people paid for the exact same car you're looking at? You can do that with True Car by using True Price. Dealers set their their prices competitively because they want to win your business. When you're ready to buy a new or a used car, visit True Car. You're going to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Awarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive, and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I was thinking, I was was watching Monday Night Football last Monday and reading Twitter and guys eviscerating Jason Witten, which, look, it's hard to do a game broadcast your first time around. I can't imagine my first game broadcast doing it uh, on Monday Night Football. I do remember... My first ESPN broadcast, it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And our next guest was my play-by-play man. His name is Dave Revson. Of course, you can see him on the Big Ten Network. He's been there since, since its infancy. Do you remember the four teams involved in Charlotte, North Carolina? Okay, I want to say Charlotte, Loyola, Chicago, definitely. Yes. And who else was there? I called one a skiing school. Um, Colorado? Yeah. Okay, I do remember that. They had the, the big guy, Fox, right? Yes. Yeah, and then I can't remember the other one. Tell me who it was. I can't either. I, I asked you because I don't oh. have the answers. I've always cheated off really? you. That was always, that was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I could, th- I'm, I could think I could think of it, but I'm, I got I to gotta figure it that out. That stuns me because you might have the best memory of anyone I know. So I, uh, I, I, I appreciate it, but I chose to delete that because we were driving back to our hotel afterwards and we thought we killed it. And we got a call from our, our buddy Dan Steer <laughs> who hired us and yeah. uh, we, he's like, how'd you think it went? And we were like, awesome. And he was like, no, it actually, it actually didn't go awesome. I believe was, was a way of his way of putting it. Right. He crushed us a little bit. Yeah. Cause it was really my first year of doing play by play too. So we were both kind of feeling our way through it. We did. We thought we nailed it, and we were told otherwise. Mm. Dave Revson joining us. You're on the. Uh, you guys have a. You guys get an RV, put a bunch of beer it's on a bus. there. It's uh, a I mean, bus, it's a full fledged bus. It's pretty amazing what 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 you're able to do. Have you hit every spot yet? No, we just left spot number eleven, which was Iowa. We're on our way to number twelve, which is Illinois. We still need to see Purdue and Northwestern, and then we'll be done. So we've seen all of the East, and we've seen roughly half of the West. 
All right, so let's still and, – and as much as people want to brush aside Purdue, remember Coach Brom, he could have gone elsewhere. He stayed, and they have an explosive offense. I think the future is bright for the Boilermakers. Of course, everybody loves Fitz at Northwestern, and, and that's a home game for you and all the BTN crew. Plus, they have the, the crazy new facilities, which I'm sure everybody wants to see, right? But outside of that, you've seen all the – is there a dis- – I asked you this last year, and you gave me a good answer. Is there a definitive difference between certain schools? In terms of talent level? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's, significant, it's, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. It's, and who is the, is there a top, is it Ohio State and then everybody else? Is it Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State? And then everybody else, do you throw Michigan State in there? What are the, what are the tiers based upon who you've seen so far? Well, Ohio State always has the most depth of talent, Doug. And that was evident again this year. And the way that really manifests itself is with the twos and the threes. And it really shows on the line of scrimmage. So when you roll out the second and the third offensive and defensive line, there's not always that big a physical drop-off from the first offensive and defensive line. And that was the case again this year. But you can only play 11 at a time, as you're well aware. And I think there are some teams starting to close the gap. I mean, Michigan, I thought, was really, really good. Their defense is going to be out of this world. I think they'll get better offensively. They kind of can't help but get better it's hard to gauge. The one thing I would say is when you have a quarterback who runs a lot and who part of their game is as a running quarterback, it's often really hard to gauge when you're at camp because the quarterback is essentially never live. I mean, they're not going to hit their starting quarterback. So I didn't really, I've watched a lot of Shea Patterson tape. I've seen him play at Ole Miss. I kind of understand what he can do. We didn't necessarily see it as much at camp, but I thought Michigan looked very good. The issue for them is their schedule's really tough. I thought Penn State took maybe a slight drop-off, but they have the best guy in the league at the most important position. Michigan State doesn't always physically look as good as those other guys in the East, but they play a lot of close games, and they always figure out a way to win them, and that was the case again last year. They'll be really good on defense. So I think those four in the East are pretty well bunched together, but uh, I do think Ohio State still has the most talent. And then in the West, it looks like the, the gap's closing a little bit with Wisconsin and everyone else. Not that Wisconsin won't be really good. I think there are going to be some questions personnel-wise on defense, particularly up front. But I just feel like the rest of the West is getting a little bit better. So it may not be as cut and dried as it has been in past years. Certainly not going forward. Maybe a little bit this year. But, but I think uh, particularly Nebraska is going to close the gap pretty quickly here. I remember who the fourth school is. All right. I, and I remember because there were two different kind of, I don't know, arguments, kerfuffles that we got into with people. One was Colorado wasn't happy because I said they're known as more of a ski school than a basketball school, right? The other one was we did Louisiana Lafayette. And oh, it was yeah. at the time to which they wanted to change their name to the University of Louisiana, which I believe they, they go by now. Yeah. And they kept wanting us to call them University of Louisiana. And we didn't graphically, nor did we verbally. And I think we did two games in two day, two days for just ULL. Um, Jesse Evans was their coach. Anyway, I, rem- I remember that as like, are you kidding me? You're not the University of Louisiana, to which now I guess they're known as University of Louisiana. So there's the four schools. Yeah, I always think that the whole deal, great memory, by the way, but I always think that whole deal about call us this, don't call us this try to call us this no fewer than four times and no more than seven times, right? When all that stuff's in the media guide and the notes, just like, ah, come on. I mean, no one knows Louisiana Lafayette is University of Louisiana. Certainly they didn't 15 years ago, but I guess 
you know, it's important. You're trying to rebrand. You got the branding issue here. You were uh, you were at Nebraska. Um, I mean, it's easy. How can you not buy in to uh, Scott Frost being back, especially considering he was part of all that success at Oregon and what he did at Central Florida? But but how? But look, look, Nebraska is once they get kids there, they're like, wow, this place is crazy. The facilities, the energy. But you still have to get kids there. What's the likelihood that he can get it competitive with Wisconsin on a yearly basis? I think it's pretty high. Um, whether or not they can ever be the preeminent program in the country like they were for a while in the mid-90s, I think that's going to be hard to do in this day and age. I do think the new recruiting rules help them significantly, the early visits, the early official visits, because the big challenge for them is when kids have started to sign, essentially before making official visits, before they could do them in the, in the fall of their senior year, you know, it's hard to get. Kids aren't just dropping by Lincoln on, on officials. You've got to really want to get there. And, and so I think these new rules help them a lot. But, man, I mean, first of all, they have a lot more talent than their record showed last year. Uh, I think they've just reached a point where they kind of, you know, they weren't getting through to the kids, particularly defensively with Bob Diaco, and, and it just kind of fell apart. I think they'll be much better this year. Now, the schedule is absolutely brutal. I'm brutal. Look at it, but, yeah, it's, no, it's we, really we, we, we had him on, and I said, you know, like, Welcome to the Big Ten, and they loaded you up with you and Michigan have the two toughest schedules. And he had a great, I don't know if he used this line on, he had a great line for us. Dave Revson, our guest, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Trader. We're talking about what Scott Frost told us, I think it was last week on the show. He's like, hey, I, I can't wait till the day where people say, I can't believe they put Nebraska on your schedule, right? It's pretty right. good. Yeah. Uh, so I think it'll be a bit of a struggle this year to make a huge jump record-wise. I mean, I could certainly see them winning seven or eight games, um, upsetting someone along the way, but they'll be a far better team. And I, I think I realized in being there this week, first of all, that there is a lot of talent left over. I mean, they are a good-looking team physically. That was really not the issue even last year. Uh, but also just the buy-in was over the top. I mean, it did not look like a transitioning program. I, I think the transition's been as smooth as it could possibly be. Part of that is he brought his entire staff from UCF, and so they know kind of what it takes to go from, I mean, look, 0-12 to undefeated. They've done this before. They were able to kind of implement it, all being on the same page from the get-go with one another. There wasn't a need to kind of teach guys in the staff the terminology or, hey, this is how we did it at UCF. So I think that was a huge advantage. And then you have a group of kids who want to buy in. I mean, it's not like anyone – it's not like you lost a coach who, hey, we were winning and this coach got a better job and moved on. You know, what does this new guy know? That's not the situation. It's a coach who was fired. They weren't meeting up to expectations. They have a ton of enthusiasm. Here's a guy who won a national championship at this place. So everyone's willing to kind of follow and, and say, all right, this, this guy knows what it takes to win here. And that was pretty evident from watching practice. Dave Revson, Big Ten Network, joining us. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I guess we're supposed there's supposed to be a special meeting here at Board of Trustees on Wednesday to announce kind of the findings and recommendations at, at Ohio State. Have you been? Are you guys tipped off at all? Do you have any sense of what what they're going to decide? I don't think anyone does, Doug. It sounds like it's been pretty tight-lipped. I've been kind of looking around at at people who I trust as pretty good sources to see what they know. And, you know, it sounds like this group is is going to be briefed on uh, the the evidence from this investigation, which the investigation wrapped up Sunday. 
So I think they're not going to brief him until Wednesday morning. That that seems a, a little odd to me. And then we'll see where they take it. I mean, to me, it really just comes down to kind of being a clear question of what did Urban Meyer know about Zach Smith? When did he know it? What did he do with that information? And and then kind of within the parameters of the university structure, did he handle it the right way? And I think, you know, the beauty of an investigation, which it sounds like it was very thorough. Uh, I know I read there was a half a million dollar budget, so there was definitely no, you know, in, in a couple weeks, kind of no stone left unturned. And we'll see what they're able to find. But you know, to me, if, if Urban Meyer knew without a shadow of a doubt that Zach Smith was mistreating his wife physically and didn't do anything about it, I, I think that's pretty egregious. So I'll be interested to see what this investigation turns out. All right, and then you then you go to DJ Durkin, who had been trying to turn around Maryland's program, and we know how this works, right? Like, you and I have been in this thing long enough, and whether it's me as an athlete or you covering it for, uh, you know, for 20 years – New coach comes in. He comes in from Michigan, but of course he'd spent time at Florida. And there we go. Well, we're gonna we got we got to change the culture. We got to get tougher. But there's there's a there's a limit there. There's a line there. Tragically, a kid Jordan McNair passes away after running wind sprints and then not being properly cared for uh, a couple weeks later. But a heat stroke that apparently was suffered um, during or shortly after after the exercise. What's your sense of what happens in Maryland? I just think there's a right way and a wrong way to handle these things, Doug. And again, I guess it'll come down to what the investigation shows as to the veracity of some of these things that were reported by ESPN in terms of the demeaning of the players. But as a coach, you're a leader, you are an educator, and there's right and wrong ways to do it. And and you and I have been around enough practices to know that occasionally it does get testy, and occasionally people are spoken to in ways that maybe not everyone in the world would be comfortable with them being spoken to. But if you continually cross the line, if you demean people, uh, if you are, uh, you know, some of the, the you know knocking meals out of kids' hands, some of the stuff that, that was talked about, I mean, to me, there just isn't a place for that in an educational setting. So, again, let's see what the investigation finds. I mean, it, it's possible that it doesn't find that that stuff was going on, or maybe it was someone with an axe to grind. Who knows what it was? But if, in fact, that is what the investigation finds, that there was kind of a culture of demeaning kids, then I don't see how you continue to employ that person. Yeah, I, look, I, I don't know. Like the, the strength coach thing, some of the cursing stuff, I mean, maybe it's me, maybe it's the environment in which... Now, look, my, my head coach, uh, neither head coach I played for, John McLeod, Eddie Sutton, ever, I ever heard them curse. Not once. Ever. So that's four years of college basketball. Never heard them curse. Um, now, the assistant coach, they were, it was like a good cop, bad cop thing, right? Now, he could get on, head coach, he could get on to you, make you feel like you're two inches high, but never cursed. Assistant coach is a little bit different in terms of their, their language. Um, we had strength coaches that were tough on us, never that way, but I also, it wasn't somewhere where I, I ever had to be pushed that hard. Some of it is kind of football, old school football culture. I, I guess my thing is like, look, I, I get that the strength coach needed to go. And I get I get that it's a terrible situation with Jordan McNair dying. But I don't understand how the head coach is responsible when they're under the care of the athletic trainers and he's not present at the work, nor is he, I believe, allowed well, to be. he was present at the workout. No, he was present at the workout. No, but when he's being cared for, like he wasn't there, when the kid's being cared for by the athletic trainers, right? 
Yeah, I think the report said he wasn't at the workout um, because you are allowed to be there now. That rule has changed. So I, I believe I'm pretty certain he was there during the Jordan McNair situation. This is crazy. Um, I, yeah, I mean, like, look, I've seen guys quit and guys give up and coaches carry people. But, I, you know, part like I don't understand how a guy doesn't get properly cared for for an hour. Like that, that is like lose your license type stuff. If you're an athletic trainer, I just don't know how I don't know. I guess the, I guess we'll find out what Maryland thinks the level of responsibility is for the head coach. Right. Based upon what they what they decide. Right. I guess it will be two pronged what his responsibility was with Jordan McNair. And I agree with you. I mean, to me, that is on the trainers because as a coach, your job is to hire the best people. And then in that situation, to get out of their way and to understand that they are supposed to know what the protocol is. Now, everyone that, that I've talked to has said the first thing you do when there's any thought that someone's overheating is you get them into an ice bath. And, and the fact that that didn't happen, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I that's, it just ba- baffles. Like it absolutely baffles me. Yeah, no, yeah. listen, I, it just absolutely baffles me how it how it didn't happen, and I, I don't. But I agree I, with you. I, I'm sorry, I agree with you on on you know is the head coach culpable for that? You know, I I think it's more. But this is about the culture of the program and more about the strength coach and and uh, I mean the the obviously the death of Jordan McNair is is incredibly tragic. Is that a head coach issue or is that a trainer issue? I, I guess I I lean a little bit more toward your side where I do feel like that's more on the trainer and, and the medical staff. Right. And of course that is what helped uncover all this other alleged treatment of, uh, of players. Uh, last thing, um, CBSSports.com has unnamed coaches voting James Franklin as the most overrated coach in college football. Here's a guy that turned around Vanderbilt and a guy that has built on what Bill O'Brien did at Penn state and gave us, you know, a big 10 championship and an incredible Rose bowl. Um, is that if you when you you talk to these coaches behind the scenes, what's your reaction when you when you hear that poll when you read that poll? I'm shocked by that, Doug. I just don't know how you can build an argument that he is overrated. I mean, the Vanderbilt part of it is is I mean, come on, <laughs> that is a really hard place to win. I've spent the last fourteen years working with Jerry Donato, who moved from Vanderbilt to LSU after a losing season at Vanderbilt, which basically just speaks to people thought he had done a really good job given the fact that he had, I think, won five games to Vanderbilt. It is a really hard job. So just to do what he did there, I think he's done a fantastic job at Penn State, has recruited extremely well. I am incredibly impressed by the young talent there. So I thought that was kind of a head-scratcher. He's a little brash, and sometimes brash doesn't rub people the right way, and so maybe that was why his peers responded in the way they did. But I found that to be stunning what i saw all right well listen uh safe travels to west lafayette i forget that burger place that i went to that's 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 known for triple x triple x it was fantastic you recommended it last year and it's great and then you get the the home game at northwestern it'll be very difficult for you to do an entire show with the pom-poms underneath your chair that's that's a hard thing to do we appreciate uh, you joining us. We have 14 children. We love them all equally. You know that, Doug. <laughs> hey, uh, safe travels in the bus and look forward to seeing you on BTN. All right, my friend. Take care. Good to talk to you. All right. That's one the one and only Dave Revson joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. We'd all like to find a fix for our golf game. Thankfully, you can find a fix for your check engine line at AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder tool will find the likely issue, saving you money down the road, get in the zone, AutoZone. Give you my thoughts. There's two different points he made, which it appears – 
Dave knows a whole lot more than any of these other guys and kind of lets on what he's thinking. We'll check in with that after we check in with Isaac Lohenkron. Isaac? Good afternoon, Doug. Ohio State University announced a short time ago that the team that conducted the Urban Meyer investigation will verbally share its findings today with the Ohio State Board of Trustees. The board will not make any decisions today but we'll discuss personnel matters related to the investigation in an executive session on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Stadium's Brett McMurphy and others on Twitter have pointed out that by today's presentation being verbal and not written, it will not create documentation that would be subject to Freedom of Information Act public requests. The Columbus Dispatch newspaper reports the likely recommendation is a suspension for Meyer and that University President Michael Drake could also opt for a time-served punishment since Meyer's already been removed from football activities for two weeks. Michigan's named Shea Patterson as starting quarterback. Alabama is number one in the AP preseason poll, followed by Clemson, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. NFL media reports Adrian Peterson is signing with Washington. The Seahawks have released longtime punter John Ryan. The Vikings have released kicker Kai Forbath. Finally, in social media news, Los Angeles Rams Pro Bowl defensive tackle and Dominican Sue Instagram trolled his former team, the Miami Dolphins. When the NFL posted a video of Carolina's Christian McCaffrey running for a 71-yard touchdown run against the Dolphins, Sue posted in the comments section, quote, right up the gut, LOL, unquote. Doug, back to you. All right, thank you, Isaac. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, my read into what Revson's saying is kind of gut feel being around Maryland as the Durkin's gone. You know, and I I think like uh, you know, listen. I mean, every, everyone is going to and should rightfully kind of fear for their jobs. I don't think it has to do as much with McNair's parents saying he should never be around kids ever again. Like obviously they're they're bright people, but they're really hurt, and they're they're still reeling from the death of their son. You know, I don't even if his body kind of is given out and he's he's in quit mode. Um, you keep some. It's really hard for a coach to tell. Is the kid just quitting on me or is he physically unable? That's the that's the trainer's job to know. The problem is once you go under the hood and you're like, wait a second now. And they're dog cussing kids and they're treating them poorly. You know, listen, we're we're overreactive. Or and maybe it's rightfully reactive, but it feels to me like that's what Revson's saying. I don't think anybody has a good gauge on this Urban Meyer thing. As much as we could say, well, they're going to wait till Wednesday. I, I like. I mean, listen, it's the Freedom of Information Act is instead of giving us more information. This is one of those opposite of the intended effect, right? The intended effect is for Freedom of Information us to tell us what's really going on because they can't tell us what's going on, and now people are getting, I guess, smart. I guess we just will do a verbal report and then you'll never know. Somebody knows a surprising rookie quarterback in the NFL could be starting week one of the regular season. Find out who next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at noon Eastern 3 PM Pacific car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price and invoice price. True car shows what other people paid for the car you want. So you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm. 
Every day at this time, we want to get you updated on all kinds of stories from all across sports. We do it with a game. This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. We've all had a bad day in the golf course. Sadly, it's not always easy to find a fix for your golf game, but it's easy to find a fix for your check engine light at AutoZone. Free AutoZone Fix Finder tool. Find the likely issue. Saving you money down the road. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Isaac Lohenkron, what's the game? Hi, Doug. Let's find out what we got today. Big deal. Little deal. No deal. Starting in the NFL, A.J. McCarron injuring his collarbone over the weekend. So Bill's rookie quarterback, Josh Allen, getting reps with the first team today ahead of Nathan Peterman. However, head coach Sean McDermott would not commit to Allen just yet being the starter, saying, quote, we're just with the rotation at this point, unquote. Allen getting reps with the first team. Big deal. Little deal or no deal. Um, I think that's a big deal. I think it's a big deal, especially Nate Peterman, who, uh, you know, uh, the coaching staff clearly believed in last year before he spit up all over himself in, in LA with the chargers. So I think it's a big deal. Jalen Ramsey could not be reached for comment. Meanwhile, with the defending Super Bowl champions, as he continues to recover from his knee surgery, Carson Wentz split first-team reps with Nick Foles today for the first time in training camp. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Hmm. Um, I think that's a... Uh, that's a little deal. Everyone knows that when Carson Wentz is back healthy, he will retain his starting quarterback position, even Nick Foles. Foles did not play well and hurt his shoulder in their last preseason game. I think that's a little deal. Fox Sports TV ratings guru Michael Mulvihill yes. reports that the NFL in 2017 accounted for 71 of the top 100 most watched television programs to put that into perspective in 2007 a decade prior it was 22 out of 100 and now it's 71 out of 100 big deal little deal no deal i think it's a big deal i think that that though the top numbers are down even the average is down it they've been able to find out find a way to have more is more thursday night it has been a big night even if it didn't succeed for cbs and nbc the way they'd like the fact is it still won the night and even though the players aren't big fans of it. On to another NFL story. John Elway last week saying this. Colin had his chance to be here. We offered him a contract. He did take it. You know, and as I said at my deposition, and I don't know if I'm legally able to say this, but, you know, he's had his chance to be here. He passed it. Kaepernick's lawyer, Mark Garagos, responded by saying, quote, Mr. Elway clearly violated the protective order that the NFL has been wielding at me like a club. And he's apparently suffering from some real brain trauma, unquote. So what Elway said last week about Kaepernick, a big deal, a little deal or no deal. Uh, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to take the fifth here. I'm going to take the fifth. That'd be incriminating myself. I'm going to say no deal only in that. I don't know exact because remember this took place before before the protests ever occurred. So and oh yeah, by the way, in a protective order or whatever, like look, if you're uttering the truth and you're not hiding behind it, you're not leaking the information uh, without putting your name on it. I, I, I'm guessing uh, Elway, if he made a mistake. Probably said, look, if I erred, it's on the side of just being honest. And it was before the protest ever occurred. So it shouldn't matter. 
Um, you can claim that you didn't know. I know that doesn't necessarily protect you from law. I just don't know enough about it. I'm going to say no deal. Finally, Doug, on to college football. Alabama ranked number one in the AP preseason college football poll that was released today. Now, preseason college football polls, the man who I'm sitting in for today, Dan Beyer, is a big fan of those preseason college football polls. What about you? Is this a big deal, a little deal, or no deal? Well, I think it's a big deal only in that, uh, what is it, 11 out of the 16 teams that have played in the college football playoff started the season ranked inside the top 10. I mean, unfortunately, it becomes, uh, what is it, confirmation bias. Like, oh, we told you they're good. It is a big deal because that's the way college football works. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. So what's the best gift you ever got for Christmas? You got. I want you to think back to it. Christmas, Hanukkah, birthday, whatever. I want you to think back to... The gift you finally got, finally received. And, uh, and then remember that feeling of opening it up and, and what you did with it. Uh, we'll get to that at the top of the hour because the Jets are just like a little kid on Christmas. And that's actually a bad thing for them. That's next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful city of Los Angeles, California, where all the quarterbacks are set here, Phillip Rivers and Chargers. Uh, and of course, you look at what the Rams were able to do, what a dramatic turnaround. And it's, it's one of the things which I think, uh, I think you look at the change in the Rams from two years ago until last year. You look at the change most specifically. I mean, I think everybody smartly would point out Jared Goff, was like a completely different player last year. And so people don't freak out over, hey, if you throw a guy out there and he sucks the first year, ah, no big deal. You can even fire the coach. Have him with Jared Goff. Ah, no big deal. Hire a quarterback, guru, head coach, and you're good to go. Sounds like a good plan. Which feels like the Jets' plan. Here's Mike McCagnan, who's the general manager of the New York Jets. He said this on WFAN in New York about Sam Donald so far this preseason. It's all the stuff we knew about him coming out of college, kind of his personality, um, his work ethic, the way he handles pressure. All those things are the intangibles that you really, you know, you scout, you know a lot about what other people tell you, but when you actually get him in your building, that's the thing that's probably impressed me the most about the kid. He's been really sort of unflappable. I'm not going to sit here and kind of compare Sam to this guy, to this guy, to this guy. But I will say this, of all the young quarterbacks I've been around, I've been exceptionally impressed by Sam. Sam probably is at the, the top of that list. Uh, so here's something that's, that's pretty amazing to me. Um, really fascinating to me. I think the Jets are going to start Sam Darnold. I think that some of it's his play, some of it's the way Sam is. Some of it's they're in New York. Some of it's that, you know, the Giants should have taken him at number two for their future. I think all of these things play a factor in them. But I have said on multiple shows over the past week or so, 
I think that's a mistake because I think they're rushing it. They're rushing it. Now, USC waited a couple of extra games before they started him. This is going back two years ago. And though they weren't able to compete for a national championship, and I don't believe the Jets would be competing for a playoff spot, it didn't put him any any bad spot that he didn't start the first three games, did it? Huh. I was at a redshirt freshman. He got a chance to start at USC, and by the end of the season, he was the Rose Bowl MVP and incredibly exciting Rose Bowl. That did that did happen in my that happened? Yes, that happened. So we have a history as a guy. Now, look, some of these quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, everybody remembers, well, there's like three and zero to start the year. You know, they ended up seven and nine, thus they went four and nine the rest of the way. Carson Wentz actually wasn't great as a rookie. He recovered quite nicely and could have been, should have been, would have been the MVP had he not gotten hurt last year. Jared Goff recovered nicely. Marcus Mariota started right away and it's been, ah, okay. We've had a little bit of both. We've had guys that worked out, guys that didn't work out. I think Sam Donald's awesome. But I think they're rushing this thing. They don't have a good offensive line, don't have a good running game. They don't really have a tight end that anybody's interested in. Like, they're rushing him a little bit. And so I'm concerned that he's going to be under duress with limited talent, getting some bad habits, could get hit, could get hurt. But more than anything, you develop bad habits and you, you, you establish yourself as a guy. And we're not sure heading into year two. We're not sure. Do you ever remember Christmas Eve when you were wishing for that? You had kind of kicked it around to your parents, this present that you really wanted. You talked about it. Yes, Santa for it at the mall. Listen, mom and dad, if Santa doesn't bring it to you, maybe you guys could go out and get it. Like, this is what I really, really, really want. And you'd push and push and push and push and push. You ever have one of those? And then Christmas morning comes and you open it up and man, I, this happened to my son. He got a, um, he got a drone. One of those little drones from Santa. It's pretty cool. And I remember like, Hey, do you really know how to use that thing? And he kind of read the directions and he kind of knew what he was doing. And he's like, Dad, do you know how to use this thing? He's like, eh, kind of, not really, sort of, not sure. Hey, you know what let's do? Let's go take it out back and give it a, give it a shot anyway. Put batteries in it. It was cool. It goes up, it goes down, it goes around, it goes left, it goes right. And then all of a sudden, it goes over the house it crashes, it breaks into a hundred pieces. Because he really didn't know what we were doing. Actually, I really didn't know what I was doing. You want to be honest with me? I broke my son's drone. That's what happened. That's actually, Ramos, that's actually, embarrassingly enough, I didn't, I read the directions and he was seven at the time. <laughs> and I broke his drone. Well, at least you came came through and you're honest about it so that's good no listen he was there so it wasn't like I, it wasn't like he broke his drone. he was at summer <laughs> okay. camp and i was like yeah. hey hey, buddy who broke your drone that's terrible i can't believe somebody did that that's awful who would do something like that? no that's not what happened he was there i broke he's like dad i was like sorry dude i don't really know how to use it you know what we should have done we should have waited we should have waited and took it to like an open field in perfect weather and practiced it some going up, 
going down, going up, going to the left, going to the right, back to the left, settling down, going up and around and around, both of us doing it. And that way we had plenty of soft surfaces. And if it started to get out of control, we could slowly lower it down and land it on the ground. But we didn't. And you know what the other thing about it is? We could never get it fixed. And we sent it back in and finally they sent us another one and the other one didn't work. And then we finally were like, you know what? Let's not get a drone. Let's just use the credits and get video games with it. So I, 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 it's not that I don't think Sam Bradford's great. I think we're just right. Well, he's our franchise quarterback. Okay, well, the franchise is not going away in the first five games this season. Nobody thinks the Jets are making the playoffs. Nobody thinks their line's any good, the running game's any good. And even though you look at the schedule like, man, we could beat some of these teams early on, don't you think those teams are thinking we could beat the Jets early on? Like, that's what you hear from people. Like, well, you know, I wouldn't normally want to play them. But, you know, you open up at, at the Lions versus the Dolphins at the Browns and at the Jaguars. Like, ee. Week five, Broncos at home. Week six, Colts at home. That's where you want to start them. That's where you want to be. Now, I, do I think they're going to start them right away? I do, but I think it's a mistake, especially when you have a backup quarterback in uh, Teddy Bridgewater who does have some, does have a lot of trade value. And you have Josh McCown who can be a starter, but it's the consummate backup. Donald's the guy and nobody's disputing that. But there is just be, just because you're like, man, I've been waiting all offseason for this uh, for this drone. It doesn't mean you break it out of the package and use it before it's ready or before you're ready to use it. That ever happened to you music? Did you ever break out a present too early and you're like, man, I just I should let that thing sit. Man, I don't know about too early. I mean, the month, the one I can most think of that I was excited about was the uh, Nintendo 64 back in the day. But my older brother kind of knew how it all worked, so he he got it put together and plugged in, and we started playing with it. If I was left to do it myself at that age, I probably would have broke it. So I kind of see where you're coming from, but I can't think of anything that I was just way too excited about and just broke right after. Ramos, does this happen in your kids? Uh, yeah, they they they're excited for certain things. So Sarah was really excited for Santa to bring her a. Uh, MacBook Pro. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she was extremely excited. She kept telling us every single day how Santa, she hopes that Santa brings her a MacBook Pro. Not quite the Huffy bike that I wanted back uh, when I was a kid, but, you know, close enough. They still make Huffy bikes? I don't know if they still do, but that was what I was excited for when I was, like, in uh, sixth grade was a Huffy bike with all my friends had bikes. The, the bikes, it was, it was fun to get that. So when I got it, I was in seventh heaven. They still make Huffy bikes. They do. They're they're uh, they're a lot, a lot of kids' bikes. They make some little beach cruisers as well. Uh, yeah, Huffy. Huffy started in 1892. 1892 in Dayton, Ohio. There you go. We're gonna learn more about Huffy bikes than <laughs> than you ever knew. Yeah, it was a Dayton brand. Huffy. There you go. The Huffy radio bicycle is the most famous iconic bicycle too. That one you should still want. That one be a classic. It'd probably be worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, I mean, like, look, whether it's the Huffy bike or, you know, whatever it is, like just rushing things, rushing things never seems like a good idea. And I understand it's New York and I understand that there have been guys that have failed in their first year and recovered, but I'm not saying you sit in the whole year. I'm just saying, man, I'm concerned behind that offensive line. Really, really, really concerned.
very concerned. We've all had a bad day in the golf course. Sadly, it's not always easy to find a fix for your golf game, but it's easy to find a fix for your check engine light at AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder tool will find the likely issue, saving you money down the road. Get in the zone. AutoZone. What can we expect from these rookie quarterbacks who might start week one of the season? John Minokoff has an outstanding podcast. He'll join us next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. We'll compare rates for you so you get a great deal, even if it's not with us, saving you time and money. Now that's Progressive. Call or click today. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. If you go to the Herd Now Podcast Network, you check out my all-ball podcast. That's all hoops. You can also check out John Middlecoff's 3 and Out podcast. It's outstanding. He's a former NFL scout and a good one. You should follow him on, uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. He breaks down players for you, and he joins us right now on the Doug Gottlieb Show. And get ready to see Andrew Luck play tonight. John, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on uh, the surgically repaired shoulder of Andrew Luck mm-hmm. and what we should expect from him this season. You know, I... I don't. My expectations aren't that high. He hasn't played football in two years. Uh, I, I thought he was clearly one of the best young players we, you know, we'd ever seen for those first three years. That that team was god awful, and he led them to the playoffs. And every year they won an extra game, and you know it looked like he was headed straight towards the Hall of Fame and was going to win championships. And then it obviously got derailed because Ryan Grixon couldn't get him an offensive line to save his life. I, I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he bounces back, but. I really can't gain much from the preseason unless he's getting rattled, you know, in terms of being hit a lot. And as we see in these preseason games, there it's not the most physical, violent game, partly because the the referees now, but just just in general. So until to me he plays multiple regular season games uh, and proves that he can get up and continue to make throws, I I'm going to be nervous. I mean, he he went a long time, Doug, without playing. That's pretty wild it's not like he missed six games or even a season i mean he's been out of our life i think i heard on the radio this weekend he hasn't played in a, a regular season game in over 600 days that's crazy that's crazy what about what about flacco uh i'm not as big on lamar jackson at this point as other people are i think they're smart to use him in different creative ways but i you know the speed isn't as great on the field as I would have thought, not able to run away from those defensive ends and linebackers. And he's still not really comfortable in the pocket. So it's live or die with Flacco. Should have made the playoffs last year. What have you seen from Flacco so far? Uh, you know, I've never been the biggest Joe Flacco guy just in general. Uh, and clearly he's been terrible the last couple of years. Now, in fairness to him, their offensive personnel has been pretty bad. Yeah, uh, I, like, I like Michael Crabtree. He should be a big addition to him. Uh, if they can get any sort of run game going, it should help out Joe. But he, he just he hasn't been a very good passer the last couple of years. I, I'm with you on Lamar. You know, when Lamar Jackson's highlights go viral during the preseason, it's him, or I guess they've only played one game. It was him making the run. No, they like, played I, two. They played two. They played the the, the uh, Hall of Fame game too. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. And in that game, I had a buddy with the Bears that was just, you know, they're alive and was just kind of saying, you know, he clearly really struggled to throw the ball in that game. Now, the Hall of Fame game, especially for young players, you almost have to throw it out. It's not even really fair to judge them. But the next game, I think he had the sweet running touchdown. Well, I, I, yeah, he can he can really run, but that's not a way to sustain success in the NFL. It's about throwing the football. 
you know. So, I I don't know. I I think the Ravens honestly, Doug. I I think it's going to be John Harbaugh's last year. The the owner talked about I think at his season-ending press conference last year that it crossed his mind to fire him. I don't think the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. Uh, it's just not good enough, and it's probably be some of Flacco's you know problem. But I also think Harbaugh. I think the whole organization. Ozzy's about to leave. I, I think they're just going to hit the reset button, and I wouldn't want to hit the reset button with Lamar Jackson. I'm with you. Let's 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 go to some of these rookie quarterbacks. Some are blown away from by Josh Allen. Um, people I talked to in the NFL are like, "Look, if you want that to work, you need to sit him for a year." What are your thoughts on how quickly you go to to Josh Allen as your quarterback in Buffalo? I know this. Leading into the draft, I was adamant I, I wouldn't touch him. You're just too inaccurate. His, his film was just god-awful. Now, I, the one thing I've been burned in my life when I've made comments like that on a player is when you do bet against a super smart, high-character guy that's willing to work and he goes to the right situation, sometimes he can make you look stupid. Uh, I just flipped on a game this morning. Uh, I was out of town this weekend and was kind of blown away. Now, it was a preseason game. It was against the Browns, and he's playing the twos. But, man, he, he looks – we all knew the physical attributes, just the flash plays, but he made a couple plays. There was a unblocked defensive end, and he pumped fake, and the guy jumped it. The guy was three feet away from him, jumped in the air, and he ran right around him for a first down. It was just it was like, wow. I mean, it's something like Aaron Rodgers would do. It was really impressive. So, just, and I had buddies in the league that liked him a lot. I know NFL draft Twitter hated him, and rightfully so. I mean, he was not a good college player. But I had a lot of buddies in the NFL that I respect that really, really liked him. And I think if you're a Bills fan right now, there is something to be excited about. There's no doubt about it. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, host of a podcast called Three and Out. You should download it. If you can't find it, just go to the Herd Podcast Network. You can download it. It's awesome. So informative. Uh, just kind of makes you feel like you know way more about football than any of your buddies getting ready for this NFL season. L- let's go to Cleveland. Um, I didn't know it was Terod Taylor until last week, but okay, I'll go with Terod Taylor. I've been told substantial gap between Taylor and Baker Mayfield. And it does seem to reason that they'll they'll go with Taylor because, look, Hugh wants to win, and you're more likely to win with Taylor than you are with Baker. But what's your thoughts on Baker and how he's looked so far? I think Baker's looked pretty good. Uh, I think he's been calm, cool, collected, as we knew. I mean, that's what he was in college. And he's clearly really accurate. Now, there was a pass. I flipped on that game this morning, and he almost threw a pick six. You know, there there would be a – you wouldn't win as many games, 100%, with Baker Mayfield starting. But you drafted him number one overall because he's going to change your franchise, not this year, but in years to come. I do think that the elephant in the room about Hugh Jackson, you got to win some games to survive. They do have a pretty good team on paper. Tyrod has looked – Tyrod, however you say it, has looked really good in the first two preseason games. He led a team – I thought the Bills were one of the least talented playoff teams – you know, in the modern era, they were not good last year. They had one blue chip player in Shady, and that was it. And Tyrod, Tyrod, is is good enough. Like, to me, the Browns, if Taylor's their quarterback all season, I don't think it's crazy. Now, Hugh Jackson has looked like a terrible coach in hard knocks through two weeks, so maybe he's just bad. But if Hugh was just a, did a solid job coaching, that this team could win seven, eight games. I mean, Doug, they are legitimately loaded. I mean, at every position, they have 
difference-making players. And Taylor's proven that he can do – now the, the AFC East is terrible, but still, I mean, I, I don't think the, the AFC North is very good. Like I said, the Ravens think. I think the Bengals are going to be terrible. Now the Steelers are good, but, I mean, they might be able to win four divisional games. No, I'm 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 with you. I think it's fascinating to see. Now, look, there's also a lot of flammability there, right? Like, that's if you know, like, pick a wide receiver like Callaway. You're going to depend on Callaway, maybe. Like Josh Gordon, you can depend on Josh Gordon, maybe. Um, and I think they have a lot of, you know, even Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's a guy who hasn't been healthy really so far in his young uh, NFL career, as talented as he is. And they have some other guys to which they they've gone with talent over character in many of their different choices. Fair. Well, think about think about Denzel Ward. He was drafted number four overall. He's a one year college starter, but huge upside guy, freak talent. Now, granted, two years ago he didn't start because they had two first-round corners on the team. But still, I mean, you're betting you're, that's a massive projection at number four overall. So, and they're going to expect expect him to produce at a high level, like you said about Miles Garrett. They also took him; they took him number one overall. You know, when you take a guy that high, he better become you know showing shades of Khalil Mack here soon, or people are going to kind of start getting on him. What do you think the Raiders do with Khalil Mack? I don't know. Lock and Fora wrote today he didn't think he was going to show up week one. I, I, I'd be shocked if he's not there week one. I, I've heard consistently that they are a little uneasy with dedicating as much money as he wants because they're already paying Derek, and then you've got two guys making 25 30% of your salary cap the next couple of years. I think he's one of the rare guys, non-quarterback, that is worth maxing out. You know, what's, what's the point in drafting – that high, and then nailing the draft pick in which they did in Khalil Mack, and, and not extending him to to a contract. I get if this was a third. Like I'm not into extending Earl Thomas. You, they already did that. You know, I, I'm not big on three contracts for NFL players, non quarterback. Khalil Mack in the prime of his life, high character guy, team captain. Now three years running, he's everything every NFL team would want in a star defensive player, right? So, but it's also the nature of the NFL. I mean, non-quarterbacks that are elite get nickel and dimed in contract negotiation. You see it's happening with Aaron Donald. See it happens with Khalil. It's happening a little with Odell, though he's, you know, created some of that problem. And when you even see guys get maxed out like uh, Mike Evans did last offseason, or I guess it might have been earlier this offseason, he, he's not, like he got $55 million guaranteed, and he's a, he's a superstar from that draft. Well, Khalil and Aaron Donald are asking for like $75 million guaranteed, so they're not even in the same conversation. It's, it's a tough decision, but one that I, I, I think you just have to pay him. Uh, I, I think the Rams eventually will pay Aaron Donald, even though they, like the Raiders, don't have to, right? You, get, you can franchise tag guys, you can keep them around. Uh, but what do you make of this Rob Havenstein deal? You know, this is another, now he's a right tackle, very important, obviously, to their running game and to Todd Gurley, also to Jared Goff. But to the idea that it seems like everyone's getting paid in L.A. except for Aaron Donald. Feels like Elway four or five years ago in the Denver Broncos when he was just paying every single player like they had unlimited cap space. That's what the Rams kind of feel like right now. I don't mind. I, I, I'm into paying offensive linemen. If, if you feel comfortable with the guy, I'm all for that. I, I didn't understand the Brandon Cooks one. That felt a little like McVay was so good in his first year. Clearly has a lot of juice in that organization. Like, that, that's not a great personnel decision. You know, you, you were only around the guy for OTAs, which he's clearly going to look unreal in because he can fly. 
and I could see McVay just kind of falling head over heels. But this, this is a guy that Sean Payton and Bill Belichick, I mean, Belichick's head of the Hall of Fame, Sean Payton might. The two Hall of Fame guys were like, no, we don't want him. And you just give him $55 million? That, that, to me, was the contract that I was like, whoa. Because to Todd Gurley, they're really, even though Jared Goff and quarterback's the most important player, Todd Gurley was their most important player last year. I mean, they, they gave him the ball, felt like every other play, whether it's in the passing game or handing the ball to him. But Brandon Cooks, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like that one at all. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. Agree with you on that one. Um, look, Pat Mahomes, the touchdown pass heard round the round the NFL, seven yards in the air to Tyreek Hill, and you're like, whoa, here we go, right? What do you what do you do to the guy with maybe the best hose in the league, and you give him the the fastest guy in the league? But it's a it's a complete 180 from really what the what the Chiefs had been doing with Alex Smith. I know they got him to throw the ball downfield. I think he was second downfield throws last year. Uh, yards per per attempt uh, last year, but that's not who he is, right? They're still kind. Of, he's still kind of close to the vest, conservative. How does this work? Are they taking two steps back? A t- step back to take two steps forward, <clears throat> or is this just a step forward with a guy with a better arm like Kaepernick when he replaced uh, Alex Smith? Yeah, I think Andy thinks big picture that unlike Kaepernick, who was a great flash player and was inherited the sweet team that Andy thinks this guy can be a complete quarterback, big picture. I do think if you're being realistic, you got to go, well, we might take a step back this year. Most first-year starting quarterbacks, I don't think the Chiefs roster is as good as it's been the last several years. Uh, offensive personnel, speed, they have talent on uh, you know, skill guys, but the defense is pretty questionable. So even if they have to go seven, eight wins this year, then I think you're thinking next the next ten years you're making the playoffs every year because – this guy's talent. My, my first year in Philadelphia was Michael Vick's first year starting. Like deep down, and w- when Andy drafted Donovan McNabb back in the day, one of the great just physical NFL prospects we've ever seen. I mean, basketball player, football player, absolute hose. Andy wants to go deep. You know, he, he loves speed. Deshaun Jackson, Tyree Kill. That that's what he dreams about. Just throwing bombs. But I, I think he loved Alex. He, he the smartest quarterback he's ever coached. Uh, the most consistent quarterback he's ever coached from just a, you knew exactly what you were going to get. The problem was what you were going to get was typically not going to be good enough in the biggest moments. And I, I think Andy just kind of says, screw it. I, I got to go all in. I, I want a guy with the upside to be, we talked about Super Bowls. There is some randomness to, you know, winning three straight playoff games. We've seen, un, you know, average players like Flacco do it. But it's just, can we make the playoffs every year with just this, elite quarterback who gives us a better chance once we get to January. That, that's always been the problem with Alex. Yep. Once the playoffs start, you don't feel good. But if you put a good team around him, you're going to win 10-11 games. But when the playoffs start, which the Chiefs and Andy knows, I mean, he's made the playoffs like 80% of the years he's been coaching. He knows he can get there. He just needs the quarterback to get him over the hump. And I think he definitely believes this, that, that Mahomes is going to be that guy, not this year, but eventually. Are you buying into the Cowboys with no name, a no-name wide receiving core? And they're pretty terrible. I mean, you can't really argue that. They are, they're, a, they're atrocious on paper. I heard, I think Mark Willard said this morning while I was in the car, or I mean this weekend, that when you look at all the teams that could use Des Bryant, when you look through the NFL, the first team you circle is kind of the Cowboys. Now, I'm not the biggest Des guy, but the, the Cowboys have nothing. I, I love Zeke. 
And if they can run the ball, I, I think he has a chance to be an MVP. He's that good. But their receiving core, and you see it happen sometimes, like, I, I think the Cowboys are going to be good this year. But, you know, if you're depending on Alan Hearns for like 90, you know, catches this season or Cole Beasley going to be able to play outside, I think that's a pretty, pretty big stretch. And you can say what you want about Jason Witten. You know, he only runs five-yard routes. He was dependable. He was a guy that at the end of the day on third and five would get you six yards and move the chain. I mean, that that, that is gone. I I think most people like making fun of him. Witten couldn't run. You know, I think they're going to miss him a little bit, just from a playing standpoint, not, not even the leadership stuff, but just he, he was a safety blanket. You know, like him or – He's not Vernon Davis running down the seam, but he could catch you a ball when you really needed it. Who, who's going to be but that Tav- guy? Tavon Austin, like they they couldn't make him into wide receiver in the Rams. They trade for Tavon Austin, like Alan Hearns. I just I'm I'm Cole, looking Cole around. Be- I'm Cole, lo- be- Cole Beasley is their best wide receiver. No that, question, no question. But he's best and in the slot when you have somebody else I to know. open up the defense. But and it's not it's not like. Jason Garrett is considered to be, you know, Kyle Shanahan or uh, Art Bryles or something as an offensive innovator. So they're going to be able to figure out Tavon Austin when when no one else could. McVay had him for a year and couldn't get rid of him fast enough. I I, I don't know. I, I don't see it at all. I, I I'm not a big Tavon Austin guy though. I I agree with you. Check out the Three and Out podcast from John Middlecoff. He's a former NFL scout and he's awesome when he's on with us. John, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks, Doug. Have a good one. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. True Price and True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next vehicle. So visit True Car. You'll enjoy more confident car buying experience. Let's get to Isaac Lowenkron. Find out what else is going on in sports. Isaac, what do you got? Doug, Ohio State University announced that the team that conducted the Urban Meyer investigation will verbally share its findings today with the Ohio State Board of Trustees. The board will not make any decisions today, but will discuss personnel matters related to the investigation in an executive session on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. The Columbus Dispatch newspaper reports the likely recommendation is a suspension for Meyer. Louisville has placed tight ends coach Chris Klenakis on administrative leave after he was arrested early Sunday on drunk driving, felony endangerment, and other charges. Klenakis allegedly drove through a construction zone while workers were present, had to be pulled out of his car by cops when he refused to exit, and then walked onto the interstate and was almost hit by a horse trailer while taking a field sobriety test, where he blew a .165, by the way, more than twice the legal limit. NFL Media reports Adrian Peterson is signing with Washington. The Seahawks released longtime punter John Ryan. Ryan then tweeted, So I just get to do whatever I want now? He then proceeded to invite Seahawks fans to hang out with him at a Seattle area cafe called Jay Berry's and was still hanging out there as of about half an hour ago. The Vikings released kicker Kai Forbath, and finally the Rams agreed to a four-year extension with offensive tackle Rob Havenstein. NFL Media reports it's worth over $32 million. Eclectic day in the world of sports. Back to you, Doug. It is an eclectic day in the world of sports. Um, a lot of people in college football reacting to these uh, anonymous uh, football coaches poll. This one's interesting where, look, there's a, a litany of coaches. Who is the most overrated coach in college football? The two that get the most votes are James Franklin and Willie Taggart. James Franklin's going to join us next hour. We'll ask him his thoughts. By the way, Kirk Ferentz on that list. Kirk Ferentz also on the list uh, getting some votes for being an underrated coach. Lane Kiffin on the list. 
Willie Taggart's interesting because, you know, Willie Taggart's a guy that, you know, he took over a program at South Florida and got that thing with seemingly headed in the right direction, but then bailed and went to Oregon and it was a bit messy and started to turn around. He had some of the same issues with strength and conditioning that they've had in Maryland, obviously, thankfully not a death, but James Franklin, you know, like, look, they didn't beat the, they didn't, they didn't win the sec, but they were terrible before he got there. They were uh, respectable when he was there and they fell off when he left. Um, the coaches were asked to explain themselves. James Franklin, his coaching peers knows he's full of it. Okay. When Franklin got the Penn State job, I thought, man, he's a good marketer. He did a nice job with that. It'll be interesting to see without Saquon Barkley. He's underrated. He turns a lot of no-game plays into 60-yard touchdowns. So I, I, I think that, that, look, when you say what's the, who's the most overrated coach, like, is it X's and O's? Is it in recruiting? Is it in motivation? I will tell you one of the things that marketing and selling yourself and selling your program is a huge part of the deal. Somebody said Willie Taggart uh, because he still has a losing record. Um, and then there's this one in regards to Jimbo Fisher who's on the most overrated list. We're going to see the next three years what happens to Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. That disaster last year at Florida State, he prides himself on being just like Nick Saban. He not only worked a couple years for him, he's never had the organizational skills. He flies by the seat of his pants. It looks like he's organized and the words he uses are the same. But if you talk to people working in his office, his desk is sloppy and the room is sloppy. Huh. Um, Dan Mullen on the underrated list. Here's a quote. I thought Dan Mullen was at Miss. What Dan Mullen did at Mississippi state was amazing. Mississippi state who wants that job. It's a great point. Mark D'Antonio. He gets no respect because he isn't flashy and is in the same state as a flashy guy. That's unproven. Hasn't won a big game yet. Well, I don't think Mark D'Antonio gets no respect. I think he gets a ton of respect. Um, you may think Jim Harbaugh is flashy, but Harbaugh selling his program. He has in fact proven himself at Stanford, but that's okay. Let me let me do this for you, okay? Let me help you out. Let me read into this. There's an expression in media. Music, are you familiar with this expression in media? Everybody hates everybody. Have you ever heard that one? I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, you walk into somebody's studio, like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Did you work with that guy? Yeah, yeah I hate him. I, he sucks. Now, for the record... I don't believe I hate on or hate anybody. And I'm sure there are people in my own business, in my own company that don't like me. But I say on air what I say off air. Nobody. But generally, everybody hates everybody. And in coaching, that's the same. That's the same. Uh, There's a good one. Jeff Brom and Paul Christ are both on the list of underrated coaches. Show me a coach that wins at Alabama and Clemson. I'll show you a good coach. Show me a coach that wins at Wake Forest. I'll show you a great coach. It's hard to mess up at Ohio State and Penn State. It's really hard to win at Iowa State. I'd agree there. I think Jeff Brom's pretty special at at Purdue. Pretty special. We'll talk with James Franklin next hour. Guess who Chris Carter thinks can win another MVP award? I'll give you my thoughts on it. Next. 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend. Great weekend. Uh, more on these overrated, underrated coaches in a moment. But first, every day at this time, we'd like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports TV. We call it. And now. <laughs> what does the fuck say? This was Chris Carter on First Things First and his thoughts on Cam Newton this season. They've added North Turner. So you have to realize that, that Cam has been very comfortable with Mike Shula as the offensive coordinator. And now having a new voice in his ear, a new philosophy, they're working on trying to change some things from Cam. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see some type of growing pains. I believe that this wide receiving core probably is, is as explosive and has more diversification from a talent standpoint tight end, the wide receiver, the running back than any roster Cam's been on. So I expect this to be one of Cam's best seasons. But this is also a guy that has been MVP. So when you've been MVP, like I expect him to play at that level. I think Cam is going to win another MVP throughout his career. Wow. Yes, I believe he's going to, he's got, he has that type of talent. Nobody's ever disputed he has that type of talent, but he's not that type of player. The, the myth of Norv Turner is really remarkable, right? Like, I get that he's supposedly a quarterback guru. It did not work out in Minnesota. It did not work out in Cleveland. He was only there one year, and he didn't make Brandon Whedon or their litany of quarterbacks better. It didn't work out in San Diego when he was the head coach. It just didn't. You know, you look back, and no one ever would dispute he was a, he was a really good coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. <laughs> but this isn't the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. So, you know, some of it is the, the can he teach Cam the finer points? Yeah, but we get to this point in Cam Newton's career, and this is kind of who he is. Kind of who he is. You know, his, he be, last year when he was really effective is when they allowed him to become a runner again. But that's not something you want no matter how big he is. Because all the rules are meant to protect you when you're in the pocket. And yeah, he has earth-shattering talent. But it's not always about earth-shattering talent. It's about accuracy. It's about football acumen. It's also about a way in which you're able to handle yourself at the line of scrimmage. And these things haven't improved. And maybe he handles the line of scrimmage things better with North Turner. But man, it doesn't sure, sure seem like there's signs of it. What does the fuck say? Yes, uh, Ryan Music. When you look at quarterbacks who have a certain amount of success over a very short period of time, what do you think people look back on as more impressive when it's just like a one-and-done type situation? Like, will they look at Joe Flacco's run to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl considering how well he played in the playoffs? Or someone like Cam Newton who, let's just say, his career stays very average from here on out, and they look back on Cam and go... Well, they went to a Super Bowl and lost, but at least he was the regular season MVP. Uh, are we ju- we're judging between the two? Yeah, Those just two like, people? yeah, where you just have that one year of like really good success. 
Real great success. Great right? success. Or great, yeah. One year of MVP. It's interesting because I, I think Cam Newton's going to benefit from his success in college, right? Like, even though it's not at all the same thing, I think, you know, look, he only had one year in college in which he had all that success. So that's kind of fascinating to me how we view Cam Newton. But I mean, he'll be he'll be viewed more favorably than Joe Flacco will. Look, they won a lot of games last last year. I mean, they just did. And I don't think he's terrible. I just think there's a we, we we keep hoping for him to be something that he's not, and he's not that guy. He hasn't gotten better in terms of his handling himself with other people. I, again, I don't think Cam is he's not a drug. He's one of these guys to which you'll the, the Cam Newton supporter like well. He's not a drug guy. He's not doesn't have all these kids. He doesn't have, like no. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about his quarterback. And his quarterback, though he has the big smile, the bigger than life arm, and some of that some personality, there's something there to which it's hard to buy into. I don't know. I can't tell you what it is. Whether it's 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 he kind of feels like a preacher. Are you like I don't know, man? I know you came here telling me that you're for God, but. Damn, you pulled up in a Ferrari. That just seems weird to me, doesn't it? Does it seem weird to anybody else? That's the thing with Cam Newton. Like, he dresses beautifully. He has no, like, real off-the-field issues, none that we can kind of speak of. He seems to understand that, that there's kids watching. He signs autographs, does all these little things. But I just, I don't know. There's something missing there. Whereas Flacco just kind of is who he is. He's the same guy. He just happened to be along for a Super Bowl run. The one thing about Flacco is... He's always been a little bit better when the pressure's on, either in the playoffs or in trying to win a job. That's the difference, and I think how they'll be judged between the two. Um, hey, I had this weird thought. I was watching this weekend and trying to watch something on TV other than NFL football preseason to watch. Ain't it weird that the U.S. Open tennis has never changed their dates? Like, think about It's one of those things to which do you think, I had a friend say this about the bowl season. No other sport would try and try the bowl season. That's how you know the whole idea of the bowls is a dumb idea. No other sport would say, hey, let's play our biggest weekend in the United States on the first weekend of the NFL. And uh, let's play our whole tournament over the first and second weekend of college football. Isn't it weird to anybody else? They never tried to change their dates played last weekend. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm overthinking things. I'm the only one thinking about the U.S. Open. That's kind of my point. We're all afraid to change cell phone or even football. Football is changing and everything will be fine. I'll explain next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, some guy named Darius says, Hey, Doug, enjoy the show. Question for you. When comparing Cam to Joe, why is it so important to mention Cam does not have a drug problem or a bunch of kids? Not, not mention the same about Joe Flacco. It sounds like you're buying into stereotypes about black athletes. No, I'm saying that Cam Newton has this thing about him, which is just a little bit off and it's not any sort of ancillary issues, right? It's the, um, it's not like LeBron, but it's one of those things to which you, you have to kind of experience the whole Cam Newton thing to experience the Cam Newton thing. 
Like Joe Flacco, I've said this since the day he got a. I wouldn't have given him the biggest contract when they gave him the biggest contract in the NFL just because he won a Super Bowl. Be like, oh, Joe Flacco won. Like, all right, he was good. He was fine. That team was led by the defense, and he was fine. He was steady. He was solid. Look at Joe Flacco's numbers. Until he sustained a knee injury, and then last year he had the back injury, he was like, I don't know, 22 to 25, 12 to 16 interceptions. Joe can throw every throw. He's just fine. Um, and Joe doesn't have, he doesn't have a terrible leadership component, but he doesn't, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's not a get behind me guy. Cam is one of these guys to which, I mean, like, look, if you want to make the stereotypes, like you're the one who made that correlation. I, I'm just trying to relate to you that it's like, there's no real issue that when I say like Cam has some issues, it's it. What happens is those words get clouded clouded those words get clouded and people thinking well if you say issues you mean he's got his drugs his alcohol it's women it's like no none of those none of those he just th- there's there's something there to which it's hard to put a finger on but it doesn't feel oh, genuine um totally invested in being a great quarterback I promise you this. I've met almost all of these guys. And we said this about Philip Rivers. Like when you talk, when you meet with Philip Rivers, you, you just have this feeling like, man, that guy, I'm, are we best friends? You meet with Matt Ryan, meet with Russell Westbrook. Like I, I just, you're kind of blown away by them. It's one of the things that Lamar Jackson is lacking. I don't know if it, Lamar Jackson's different. Lamar Jackson's like a, he's got a Mike Vick without the baggage type deal to where, uh, Vic was more, was more verbal when he came out, but Lamar Jackson, just kind of a quiet kid, just kind of a nice kid, just nice. And you might say, well, that is, how could you say that's a negative? You can't explain it until you meet all the other guys that are at that position. Let, let me, let me give you the parallel here. Um, when I was at ESPN, we had several different leaders. And there was one that I'm telling you, this dude took over a room. You'd have a room of the biggest talent in sports media. And when he spoke, you could hear a pin drop. Because remember, all of these people speak on some level for a living in front of behind the camera, doesn't matter. And they, most of them had, would be a, a comfortable up there on stage. Granted, they would be talking about a little different topic matter, talking about their own sport or talking about sports in general. But the fact is that you could put pluck out most any, and there'd be varying levels of skill, right? But we're all on some level performers. All these people, if you're in front of behind the mic, you're a performer. You should be comfortable with that stuff. And so we had one guy who was. And then we had another guy who had worked the company a long time, really well-respected what he did, got in charge, and it was awesome awful it was painful you're like oh boy and it it really hurt his ability to lead and so when i say lamar jackson is quiet and nice and fine and solid and steady he's just not one of these guys that can get up on whereas whether it's eli payton and i do think cam can do that the camp thing is just weird because everyone I know 
says, look, dude, Cam shows up at work, solid. Obviously has all the different weaponry at his disposal, the legs, the body, the arm. Takes a beating back there. It's kind of Ben Roethlisberger-like in terms of his ability to just shed dudes off. And obviously he looks much more the part than Ben does on TV. Although Ben, if you ever met Ben in person, just like Flacco in person, those guys block out the sun. They're both huge. Flacco's like 6'7". Ben's like 6'5", but just a block. But there's just something about Cam to which it doesn't always rub, doesn't always come across as genuine. And then I just don't think he's great as a quarterback. I don't think he has great touch. I don't think he's deadly accurate. I don't think he has, he's terribly bright in terms of his football IQ. I just don't. Um, but the reason I stated that he doesn't have any, because when I say he has some issues, I think automatically people think, oh, he's got issues. Oh, he's got issues. It's a lot like, I've seen a bunch of these people talk about mental health care for players. And you say mental health care and guys freak out. And one of the great things about Kevin Love coming out about anxiety is that is a mental health care issue. That's not schizophrenia. The problem is people don't understand the vast array of mental health care issues. So you can say, well, he's got a mental health care issue. Whoa, stay away. He's got a mental health care issue. It's like, well, okay, anxiety is mental health care. Depression is mental health care, but what level of depression? Does it bring you to be suicidal? Does it bring you to just not want to get out of bed in the morning? All those are, those are just different levels of mental health care. So Darius, to answer your question, that's what it comes from. That's what it comes from. I love looking for a race guy. Race guy is always fun. Always fun to me. Yeah, no, not so much. Um, anyway, <clears throat> Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. It's funny how we are with, with change, right? Whether it's the score bug or, you know, it's, you guys know what a score bug is. The score bug is like on tonight's Monday night football game. I think they changed on Monday Night Football as well. How the score looks on your TV screen. You know, the Colts 7. It's it's Colts against Ravens, right? Yeah, so it's the former Colts against the Ravens. This quick, I just, Ryan Music, you do know the Ravens used to be the Colts, right? I mean, the excuse me, the Ravens, the Colts used to be in Baltimore, correct? Like, we're, I'm, I, I don't know where that generation stops, but it's not with your generation, is it? Yes, I do. I do know that. Okay. It's like people know that that the Colts were once in Baltimore and they moved to Indy and Baltimore didn't have a team. It's like th- there's a generation of people that actually don't know that or don't know that uh, don't know that the Ravens used to actually be the Browns and the Browns were in Cleveland and they moved to Baltimore. And then Cleveland got an expansion team. You're like, really? You're like, yeah, it's not even it's the same logo. But it's not the same franchise that is in Cleveland as when Bill Belichick was there, Andre Risen was there. And not Andre Risen, um, uh, Bernie Kosar was there. Sorry. Like it's, and, and, and Ernest Biner and those. It's so funny. Like, I, I guess it's the same, but it's not really the same. Anyway, when you see Colts Ravens on your television, you see the little score there. That's called the score bug. You change that on people, they freak out. And then eventually, like, oh, you know what? I kind of like that thing. We do this with cell phones and the newest and latest technology. We like parts of it, but we, we don't like all of it. We don't, too much of it is too much. You know, 
first you had those block phones, then you had the flip phone, then you had the touch phone. Hey, ask somebody who switched from an iPhone 6 to an iPhone 10. And you're sitting there going like, man, I have no home screen. How do I have no home screen? How am I going to just press the button? It's like a home screen. Oh, oh, that's what it feels like in the NFL. Safety issues and changing rules in the game. This happens in any sport. It really does happen in any sport. It happens in life. When the, when the seatbelt law went into effect, I'm, I am old enough to remember when that you didn't have to, you didn't have to wear seatbelts. You'd hop in a car, you'd see the seatbelt, you're like, eh, eh, do I really need it? Yeah, you really need it. When you mandatory seatbelt law, you still have this now in some states, you don't have to wear a helmet when you ride a motorcycle. Tell a motorcyclist like, hey, dude, you got to wear a helmet. Like, hey, how are you going to tell me what I got to do? Well, here's the thing. If your brains splatter all over the highway, um, we got to pay to scoop them up. So you got to wear a helmet. Sorry about that, dude. That's what it feels like with the NFL helmet rule. You're changing our sport. That's what Richard Sherman said. And look, he's not the only voice. And I'm not saying they don't butcher calls. This happened a couple years ago in college basketball. Freedom of movement. Like, oh, it's, and it's really hard to watch. But the idea is, in freedom of movement, the idea is stop the grabbing and holding and free it up so that we have some actual offensive basketball. And you know what? End of the day, it works. The idea with quarterbacks and not being, you can't hit them below the knee was, hey, you know what? We kind of build the whole thing around Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson and Cam Newton and... Uh, Drew Brees and Matt Ryan and Jared Goff and Philip Rivers. And so what, so like, oh, well, you can't touch a quarterback. Why can't you touch a quarterback? That's not football. Like, well, if he has the ball, you can touch him, but he doesn't have the ball. Like you can't touch him here or here or after a, a step. And we're super vigilant. Can't touch him in the head. Oh, that's not, they're not football players. Put a red Jersey on them. Well, guess what? We have, we have guys playing over hundred, 150, Philip Rivers over 200 consecutive games without getting hurt. It's good for business. Wide receiver, same thing. Can't touch him past five years. What? This is not football. This is this is soft. This is flag football. This is no, it's football. That's how we're going to play. Any of these rules that have been designed to open up sports. Um, what is it in hockey? It's the uh, red zone trap. Wasn't wasn't that what it was? Wasn't that what the New Jersey Devils used to in, in, use? Was a red zone trap? I mean, look, in the NBA, it's not only hand checking, but they've changed. You can have zone defense, but you can't be in the lane for more than three seconds. The idea is like, let's just open it up. You combine that with the use of analytics, and it's been great for the sport. Hockey scoring is up. Baseball has even their scoring's up over their use of analytics and the changing of the strike zone made the strike zone smaller. Made the strike zone smaller, generates more offense, more hits, more runs. You know, not that much more attention nationally, but locally, absolutely. But for football, it's about, this is about safety, but it's also about offense. More than anything, I, I, these NFL guys have a shortest memory ever. Ryan Chazier laid motionless on a football field. I was terrified and even when he's recovered 
there are plenty of people in the media have said, like, all right, what's going to change these guys' mind? Does somebody have to die in a football field for us to realize this is a bad idea? And I credit the NFL. They're going to take a beating over it this season. But you know what? If you hit somebody the right way, you're not going to die. You can still get hurt. I mean, let's be honest. You can still hurt your neck. You're not going to die. Uh-uh. I mean, and then you have Marcus Williams who misses uh, on Stefan Diggs by lowering his helmet. You can't see what you do. So it's, it's better for your job. It's better for your body. And it's better for the guy who hits you. Is it hard to officiate? Yeah. Football's really, really fast. In addition to being really violent, happens really, really fast. And they're erring on the side of caution the preseason, probably do so at times in the regular season. And there's going to be a couple games that get screwed up. But you know what's not going to happen? No one's going to die in a football field. And that, I would guess, is a good thing. We all had a bad day on the golf course. Sadly, it's not always easy to find a fix for your golf game, but it's easy to find a fix for your check engine light at AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder tool will likely find the issue, saving you money down the road. Get in the zone, AutoZone. James Franklin's won a Big Ten championship, but now he does not have Saquon Barkley. How big is that void in his backfield? We'll ask him. He joins us next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. The preseason poll is now out in the AP. Uh, they're number nine, the coaches poll, number 10 in the AP poll. And uh, we got a lot to talk to with our next guest. He's the head coach of Penn State. James Franklin. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Coach, what are your thoughts on the preseason prognosticators picking you guys 10th and 9th in the various polls? Yeah, you know, obviously I think it's nice. It shows the respect that we're, we've earned, you know, uh, with all the hard work the last couple of years. But, you know, as you know, preseason rankings don't mean a whole lot. It's, it's where you finish at the end of the season. So it's nice to be mentioned with those programs, um, but – and we're really more focused on you know our season and doing what we have to to be where we want to be at the end of the season. All right, a new chapter kind of begins, obviously, when you lose Saquon, kind of a signature player that you've been able to build around. But um, obviously, when you have a quarterback who has the, the the level of experience that you guys have, how does that how's that going to change how you look when we see you against uh, App State? Well, you didn't hear that Saquon left. Uh, left camp and is coming back he turned down the 32 million guaranteed he's coming back you ever heard that no that's that's news to me if you'd like to break news for us that'd be that'd be great if that was actually happening (laughs) well you know obviously whenever you got a uh you know returning quarterback veteran quarterback like trace who's played a lot of football for us and won a lot of games you know that you you feel good and obviously our o-line is is you know drastically improved from when we first got here you know, defensively, that was one of our question marks. Our D line, but um, you know, I, I, I've been pleased with how he's been, you know, in camp so far. And Trace has been who he's been for three years, which is, you know, steady Eddie. You know what you're getting from him. He knows how to prepare. He knows how to work. He knows how to lead. You know, we're expecting him to have a big year for us. 
Uh, okay, what about losing that type of weapon at running back? You know, look, you, you guys were able to buy a lot of time for Trace to throw the ball deep downfield. Uh, how much does that change when the backfield behind him changes? Yeah, I mean, obviously people are, you know, with, with Saquon Barkley in the backfield, people were concerned about that. But, you know, I, I'm a believer in, in the backs that we have coming back. And Miles Sanders was the number one you know, running back recruit, um, you know, coming out of high school his year. And, it's, you know, he's been sitting behind Saquon for a couple of years now and is ready for his turn. And, and we got to, you know, we, I think we have a stronger offensive line unit. I think, you know, we've really improved. We've gotten better each year and, you know, I think the combination of our line improvement and also Miles and Mark Allen and, um, you know, Ricky Slade and Journey Brown and Jonathan Thomas and some of the backs that we've, you know, had waiting their turn. I think the combination of an improved O line and the experience and talent that we have at the running back position, you know, I, I think we can have similar production. Maybe not the same production, but similar. James Franklin, head coach of Penn State, joining us. Ranked number 10 in the country, the AP poll, nine in the coaches. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You're not blind, deaf, or dumb. I'm sure people have asked you about it, but I, I, I need to because there's a, there's a bunch of different avenues in which I'd like to get into, but your, your initial blush reaction when you and Willie Taggart are, are in the secret coaches poll, of, I think it's one-fifth of the college football coaches, has you ranked as the, the most overrated coach how do, how do you feel personally when you read that? Well, you know, obviously, you know, you, you'd love to be respected and liked by everybody. Um, you know, I think that's human nature. But to be honest with you, I'm focused on our team and I'm focused on, on getting ready for App State. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very proud of, of what we've been able to accomplish as a staff um, at both Vanderbilt, a place that's been challenging to win and, and then coming here at Penn State at a very tough time, and we're, we've been able to get these things turned around. So at the end of the day, for me, I want our players and our coaches and myself, you know, to make sure that we do everything we possibly can each day to get better as an organization and also individually. And and if you do that, I think you sleep very well at night. So you know, there's always going to be some critics, and there's always going to be some different perspectives, but. I sleep very well at night, uh, you know, knowing knowing what we've done here at Penn State and what we've done over our careers. There's two other programs in the Big Ten East that are that have their coaches currently kind of suspended with pay, if you will. Um, what's the what's the what's the message that you've sat down with your coaches and talked about in terms of your guys' responsibility and how things are handled? Has there anything, been anything that you guys have sat down and talked about in watching each or both of these situations and really tried to restate to your coaches and maybe even to your players in terms of their responsibility and how things are perceived outside the program based on what's going on inside the program? Yeah, I wouldn't say specific to those programs. I'd say in general, whenever we see anything in high school, college, or professional sports, you know, we discuss it. We discuss it. You know, we put it up usually in our team PowerPoint in our team meeting. Uh, it's something we discuss as staff. Um, you know, so we just constantly try to learn and constantly try to grow um, as much as we possibly can to learn from all different situations. You know, so you know that that's how we kind of approach it, but not specific to any any organizations or, or universities. James Franklin joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. There, there is this. You know, some of these situations come up because a new coaching staff comes in and 
one, you want to weed out guys. And two, you want a culture of toughness. How do you instill a culture of toughness without stepping over that imaginary line? Well, I, I think, you know, that's always the challenge in, in, in football and, and contact sports like that, that, you know, you got you to gotta be aggressive and you got to push guys and um, that's, that's physically push them to get in the best shape as possible and that's mentally push them and all those types of things. But there's so many different things that you can do now. You know, we used a lot of technology that tracks heart rates. Um, you know, we have a sports scientist. We have a nutritionist. Um, all our practices are open to our families and to the administration and, and all those types of things. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, challenging sport. But I think you also have to, you know, you know be able and willing to use all the resources. And, and uh, you know, I think, you know, we have parents at our practices every single day. And, um, you know, I, I think you just, you just gotta, you just gotta, you know, be open to those types of things. And, that that's what we try to do again, not based on what's going on anywhere specifically, just in general. That's how we've always done it. That's how that we did it at Vanderbilt. And now since coming to Penn state, we got a little bit more resources. So we've been able to get into the sports science aspects. And now we're able to, you know, be able to tell how far a guy has run, how fast he's run, what his heart rate is at and all that stuff's really valuable information. And I think two years ago, the Minnesota game felt like kind of the turnaround game, and, and it's been incredible ever since. Uh, but then I remember watching the Ohio State game, which is obviously an unbelievable ending. Of course, you guys get them. You get Michigan State. You get Wisconsin. You get Iowa all in Happy Valley th- this year. James Franklin, head coach of Penn State, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. This is just kind of a me question. I, I was watching that Ohio State game, I think it was, and you guys had like 50 of the best local high school, state of Pennsylvania high school players there. It's one of the things that you do a great job of, your staff does, of getting players on campus to, to, to feel the atmosphere, which is incredible there. How do you pick which one they come to? Like, you got Ohio, like, there's, a, there's like three ridiculous games there. Wisconsin, Michigan State, Ohio State. How do you pick, all right, this is the one that we're going to get them all to come to? Well, you you really don't because it's all based on the on on that high school player schedule what allows them to come. I mean, everybody wants to come to the whiteout game that we have every year because you know that's obviously the one that that people get the most excited about. But when we have a schedule like like you mentioned, you know, there's always great games to come to. I, I think our opening game against App State is going to be one of the better environments in college football because that's just how it is, you know, in Beaver Stadium week in and week out. So. You know, for us, we invite all the top prospects to games, and based on their, you know, high school schedule, whether they're playing on a Friday or Saturday, you know, really dictates a lot of that. Whether our game is an afternoon game or you know, or a night game, you know, factors into can can guys get here and get home at a reasonable time. Um, you know, all those things really factor in. But we just try to get as many good players to games as we possibly can, and when you. When your stadium holds 107,000, you got a little bit more flexibility maybe than some other people. Fair enough. I mean, look, I can't wait to see McSorley and Juwan Johnson, who's just a monster, and, and then that offense go. But, you know, you talked to enough college football coaches. Like, look, what separates the championship-level teams from the really good teams is up front and up the middle. And that's the place where you're replacing linebackers and new starters at defensive tackle. What's your level of confidence in so many of these vaunted recruits that you've been able to bring in and some of the backups being able to step up to that, that task? Well, they're going to have to. You know, like you said, we graduated a lot of players. We had six guys drafting, 15 guys you know, um, you know, you know, that are in NFL camps right now. So 
Uh, we lost a lot of guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think we're as good as anybody at corner. I think we're as good as anybody at DN, and and we're probably further along at, at D tackle and, and linebacker than I thought we would. So, you know, we're making some progress there. I think Nick Scott at safety is going to have a big year for us, you know, kind of like Troy Apke did, you know, um, you know, the year before that, you know, coming into his senior year. So, um, you know, we're excited about it, but there's no doubt we got question marks there. You never truly know until you get into a game situation. Penn State will win the Big Ten if – finish that sentence for me. Well, I mean, that, 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 you can ask me that question for the next 20 years. It's, you know, you know, do we, you know, do we protect the football on offense? Do we create turnovers on defense? You know, do we eliminate pre-snap and post-snap penalties? You know, and do we have the ability to, you know, dictate tempo on offense? And do we have the ability to make people one-dimensional on defense? I mean, that's, that, that, that will never change. James Franklin, head coach at Penn State. Obviously some huge expectations in a crazy difficult league, but you've always welcomed it. You've always welcomed uh, us uh, kind of into your program. Really appreciate you being our guest and look forward to seeing you guys against App State. No problem. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, that's James Franklin, head coach of the Nittany Lions. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. We've all had a bad day in the golf course, sadly. It's not always easy to find a fix for your golf game. It's easy to find a fix for your check engine light at AutoZone, the free AutoZone Fix Finder tool. We'll find the likely issue, saving you money down the road. Get in the zone, auto zone. Let's get to uh, uh, Isaac Lowenkron and find out what's going on in the world of sports. Isaac, what do you have, my friend? Doug, Ohio State University announced that the team that conducted the Urban Meyer investigation is verbally sharing its findings today with the Ohio State Board of Trustees. The board will not make any decisions today, but will discuss personnel matters related to the investigation in an executive session on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. The Columbus Dispatch newspaper reports the likely recommendation is a suspension for Meyer. Louisville has placed tight ends coach Chris Klinakis on administrative leave after he was arrested early Sunday on drunk driving, felony endangerment, and other charges. Klinakis allegedly drove through a construction zone while workers were present had to be pulled out of his car by cops, and was almost hit by a horse trailer while taking a field sobriety test where he blew more than twice the legal limit. NFL Adrian Peterson is officially signed with Washington and spoke with the team's website. You know, I'm excited. You know, it's been, uh, it's been a long offseason, but I've been keeping my body in shape and ready. When this opportunity presented itself, uh, I was just excited. Finally, the Los Angeles Rams agreed to a four-year extension with offensive tackle Rob Havenstein. NFL media reports it's worth over $32 million. Doug, let's go back to you. Appreciate it, Isaac. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, it's the, the, the Rams thing is weird, man. Weird, weird, weird. They, they, how they keep, uh, by the way, Sean Merriman just tweeted out, that's my guy, speaking of James Franklin. I, I think the, the, thing is, uh, the thing is fascinating. With um, with the James Franklin and the idea that he's he's overrated. So um, do I think some of it comes from his style? Like, yeah, like he's never been afraid of the camera, but it's not in a way like, you know, PJ Fleck feels a little bit more. You know, I want to sell it, but that's that's part of what you have to do to rise through the ranks. It's part of what you have to do to get get attention when he's at a place like Vanderbilt. I don't even think it's faking it until you make it. And I just think it's like, look, you're in a sales position. That's what you are. 
You're the director of marketing. Yes, you have to X and O, but you're also, when you're a head coach, you hire people to do some of those things that you used to do. So I, I think, I think some of it is probably some jealousy. You know, like, look, you're like, wait, you're at Vanderbilt for a couple of years. You do a great job. Now you're at Penn state. Like Penn state is a huge job. And he was helped by Bill O'Brien did a great job stabilizing it during, you know, probably the darkest time in the program since Joe Pa took over. No question. But I, I, I think it's, it's fascinating to watch people's reaction to others. It, it's, it's fair to say, well, Willie Taggart, he, he is a losing record in his career. We'll find out really. Don't worry. We'll find out really quickly if he can do it at Florida State. How Jimbo Fisher had done a great job as offensive coordinator at LSU had been pretty good as offensive coordinator at Florida State and helping turn that thing around. But he hadn't been a head coach, and all of a sudden he's the head coach of Florida State. So it's like, you know, I do think that coaches know. I do coaches know a little bit more. But I also think that coaches, if you look at some of the comments, it's one of those can't put a finger on it. I kind of think James Franklin has this thing figured out. I do. I do. Like you watch Juwan Johnson run down the field. Uh, he's a big, he's 6'4", 229. He had the big catch against Iowa to win the game last year. And like McSorley's undersized kid. I mean, it's one of those guys that I don't think he'll ever be an NFL quarterback. Maybe he'll be a backup, like a Chase Daniel type, but probably not. But you can see a different caliber of recruit at Penn State. Just is. You know, Saquon Barkley was going to go to Rutgers, if you remember. He got him to flip and come to Penn State. So I, I think what's what's remarkable to me, or really interesting to me, is how um, I think even some coaches who do the job don't know the job, right? Like, yeah, you don't like a guy who's constantly selling himself, constantly selling all the things that he's done, but you do have to sell your program and you have to go and get players. And if getting players and recruiting, getting athletes and getting after it and recruiting and winning that battle isn't your priority, well, one, you need to make your priority. Two, it is sometimes location dependent, but no one's ever done it without players. And getting guys to buy into going to places like a Vandy that they hadn't gone or Penn State, which wasn't cool to go to, is, is, is just as difficult as coaching them up. So this isn't me defending James Franklin. Coaches can feel how they want to feel. It doesn't matter. You got to beat them on a Saturday. Look, they were very fortunate to beat Ohio State a couple years ago. Very fortunate. But they still beat them. <laughs> you know? Just like they were unfortunate to lose to USC in the Rose Bowl. Great game. But when a guy is successful at a place like Vandy that hadn't been successful before in a long time and hasn't really been successful since. And then when a guy takes over Penn State, which and, you know, the scandals were different. But let's be honest, going into a, a living room. When Bill O'Brien was going in and James Franklin was going in and selling your program to some parents and sending your kids to Penn State, even if it never had any effect on the actual college football players, it's still not an easy sale. And you're in Happy Valley. You're in the middle of nowhere. I personally like it would thrive there. 
college town. It's beautiful. I mean, absolutely stunning, but it's in the middle of nowhere now. And to get kids from different environments to come up to Happy Valley and to buy in, like, so some of it depends upon the actual job. That's a bigger part of the job at Penn State than, than, than figuring out what offense to run because it doesn't matter. Joe Paul went through a stretch where they were, they were average at best when they first got into the Big Ten. Why? Because they weren't going out and recruiting great players. They just weren't. And he's a great coach. All right, let's. Uh, we got a bunch of things to get to here still on the show. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. One of the all-time greats has a new home. How will it end? I'll tell you next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. My thanks to James Franklin. And apparently, uh, Sean Merriman's broing and out with him on Twitter. Pretty cool of Coach Franklin. Let's get to Isaac Lohenkron with the press. The press. Doug, we begin with news made official just a short time ago. AP to D.C., the Washington team signing veteran running back Adrian Peterson a short time ago after losing three running backs to injuries over the first two preseason games. So the 33-year-old heads to the NFC East after last year with the Arizona Cardinals averaging just about three and a half yards per game, but he had two 130-yard performances. So he is now officially in Washington. Yeah, look, I'm I'm uh, fascinated to see how this thing works. I do think he has some gas in the tank. What's interesting about both running backs who went down for Washington, they were both on, one was on like a 40-yard run, the other one's like on a 20-yard run. Like they're both, Darius Geis went down on, on his best carry. Um, so I think there's a chance here Adrian Peterson to have a decent little year. As long as he understands he's a first and second down guy, but this does not appear to be a running back by committee team. And he kind of is what he is. So I, my guess would be, you know, again, let's see if he can make through the season somewhere in the 700 to 900 yards would be a reasonable expectation. If he can play 16. John Gruden used to be paid for his commentary, not anymore, but his words still making some news today as he discussed a couple of things. First of all, he discussed the ramifications of the NFL's new helmet rule and had this to say. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Oops, wrong button. Let's try that again. They don't want the runner lowering his helmet. They don't want the tackler lowering his helmet. That's been in football forever, forever. And uh, it's been a bad thing, but we're trying to emphasize it. I still think it's going to be a hard thing to call. You're running full speed. I don't know which way you're going. I'm running full speed at you, and i got to bring you down. And we're both getting paid to get our jobs done. So 
Uh, it's going to be tough on the officials, but I think we can clean up some of the vicious hits that are uncalled for. Come to think of it, he made the same point in both sound bites. He also talked about the expanded use of replay in the NFL. Replay, a fun thing that he used to uh, be involved with when he was a TV commentator, but apparently not anymore. Any more replays, we're going to be out there for all night. We'll be out there all day and all night. Like I said before, I don't care if people don't agree with me. I, I do not like instant replay. I don't like it. I think the officials that are out on the field got a tough job. John Gruden, feisty today, Doug. I think all his points are are, are accurate. I think one of the things uh, that has been suggested to me that I've offered up is what if you had instant replay but you could only watch it in real time, right? Because once you slow it down, the play looks completely, completely different. Hmm, fascinating. That is a really good idea. We can talk. We can call that the Gottlieb rule. Well, I also look. I, I agree with him. He's like the lowering the helmet has been in the game. We've been and and we've gotten we've letting guys get away with it, get away with it, get away with it for, for a long time. And it's we have to take it. We have to take back some of that's not just the vicious hits, but the ones where guys lower the head. They're very fortunate they haven't hurt their neck more. On the flip side, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer taking the opposite tack today, telling the athletic, quote, it's going to cost some people jobs, playoffs, jobs, the whole bit, I guess. We haven't had any called on us so far. It's just hard to figure out, he said regarding the new helmet rule. No one has ever said to me, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to call it less or we'll get it straightened out in the regular season or we're going to come up with a revised rule. No one has ever said that, unquote. The confusion continues. Confusion continues, but like, look, you just, the only way you you know what the parameters are is if you call it like it's like the ruling reads. And if it you don't get the right reaction, don't know. I, I do think you get four preseason games, you get four regular season games on your belt. You'll see less flags once we get to the end of the season. Going to screw up a game or two. It'll happen, but it also make the game, I think, safer for the players. Suddenly miss the days, the simple days of surviving the ground. Speaking of the Raiders, Jason Lacanfora reports that Khalil Mack of Oakland is willing to hold out into the regular season if need be, saying, quote, barring the Raiders suddenly reversing course and engaging on a legitimate contract, there's no way this all-pro will be with the team when the regular season begins, unquote. Uh, I think this is just posturing through Jason Lockhamfora, who works for CBS, comes on our show and does a very good job. You know, look, he, he could sit out a game. He could sit out two games. When was the last time we had a player sit out a season? I'll believe it when I see it. And finally, Ohio State meeting earlier today. The team that did the investigation into Urban Meyer verbally shared its findings today with the Board of Trustees. They'll have an official meeting where they will discuss potential actions on Wednesday morning. The Columbus Dispatch newspaper reporting today that the likely recommendation will be a suspension for Meyer. The subtext, of course, being that will not mean a termination. Yeah, I mean, you feel like if he was going to be terminated, they would have begun the process of that, although they just now got the findings of it. So, And then you're like, well, maybe they could fine-tooth comb it. The problem with fine-tooth combing it is, well, that there's no written investigation because they don't want the Patriot Act to be able to find out what they found. Somewhere there's a paper trail. The big thing for Ohio State is, you know, can they, you know, what, what did he know? How do they look coming out of this thing, right? Do they look like team a team, a school that harbors you know, an abuser of women and then doesn't hold their coach accountable. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. 
All right, so tomorrow we'll react to, I think, four quarterbacks we'll see tonight. Not just the starters, Flacco and Andrew Luck, but also the backups, Jacoby Brissett, who some people think could be on the market for a first-round pick. Uh, He was traded there for a third-round pick last year in Lamar Jackson, who some have deemed the heir apparent. Be interested to see what happens with, uh, with Urban Meyer. They open up with Oregon State, then Rutgers then TCU, then Tulane. These games feel meaningless in comparison to finding out what he knew, when he knew, and what he did about it, or what he didn't do about it, and why he didn't do about it. We'll we'll know more later in the week. We'll react to Monday Night Football tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.